everyone welcome back to Gundam at mhq this is uh, one of your hosts neil and always joining me is uh, soul bro and chris guys say hello the saga continues hello it's not chris <laughs> who are hello? you who, who is this who am i <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> what am i doing blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so chris how uh, how was your sabbatical with um uh, Dennis in Uzbekistan. You Becky, 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 Stan, Stan. Lots of uh, lots of cheap liquor consumed. Yeah, and uh, lo- lots of uh, bad cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> bad cigarettes, cheap liquor, and and finding Dennis in a ditch. <laughs> lots lots of piles of puke. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but after a while, when you smell that stuff, you just get used to it. So I guess. Uh, you, you, no, you, you never get used to it. <laughs> Never get used to it that much. Okay. Well, it's good to have you back. And uh, this is episode 124 of Gundam. And in this episode, all we're going to be doing is just one uh, topic. And we're going to be talking about the, well, recently released uh, volume one of Gundam The Origin. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit about the story, giving our review on it. And also, uh, since this is the first volume that's come out, we'll talk a little bit about the the packaging of the product and some of the things we like and dislike of what they're doing. And uh, coming to you from the Larry King, Lord King's Memorial Newsroom, some Neos Listener Submitted News articles. And if you ever have an article, go to the Neos Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And the first one here comes from Hunter Slasher 13. Oh, this just it makes this even more uh, horrible. You know, Disney a couple weeks ago killed the LucasArts video game division. And that, mm-hmm. that drove a lot of people well. The apocalypse has finally happened because Disney and EA are going to be making a Star Wars game together so dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah so nerds all unite i'm not buying it oh i hate ea bah, 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 bah. yes a multi-year ea has no heart and soul no heart and soul <laughs> they don't understand star wars <laughs> and this is a press release from the ea website 1313 or death <laughs> on may 6th uh, it was announced. Where's Battlefront 3? Oh, well, oh, that, 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 that'll be a nice segue. Uh, but yes, they announced the multi-year Star Wars uh, game agreement. And uh, so, yeah. So you're going to be, the, the first one's going to be coming out probably next year sometime. So, um, you know. You know, interestingly you. enough, 
for all mm. people who bitch that they want Battlefront 3, yeah. EA owns DICE, the creators of Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could have, theoretically, you know, the OG guys do it rather than just the quote-unquote Star Wars clone of it. Yeah, and it says here in their thing, uh, DICE and Visceral produced the new games, joining the Bioware team that, that continues to develop uh, games for the Star Wars franchise. So, yeah, that's going to be happening. So, yeah, yeah. Financial terms of the agreement were not discussed. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. A disproportionate amount goes to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I know EA needs a shot in their arm after laying off so many people, man. And even uh, they got rid of uh, John Riccatello recently, the guy who was running the company for a few years. So yeah, they they just went through a shakeup. And um, I, I guess hopefully this will put them on the right track if they can produce a, a high caliber Star Wars game. I, I'm still waiting for that Star Wars game that's on the level of say something like. Uh, Arkham Asylum or Arkham City, where you know you take a property and you actually do something outstanding. Thirteen, thirteen, <laughs> thirteen, thirteen had that potential, but that shit has been canned. <laughs> well, thank you, Mister Hunter Slasher Thirteen, for your submission. And Chris had just mentioned it. Yeah, Rodimus seventy six here has a link to the Gink Tyrant, and he they have footage from. Uh, the canceled Battlefront 3 game. So if you want to see, it says here, epic footage from the Star Wars Battlefront 3 game we'll never play. So if you want to sit there and have more well, fuel for your troll. Let's also not forget that Battlefront 3 was canceled by LucasArts years ago before Disney ever stepped into the picture. Hey, this is revisionist history. This is what the Internet's about. It wasn't LucasArts. It was, yes, the it was Disney's fault years ago before they ever did anything. Exactly, because they knew. They knew. So... Somehow it's their fault. I, I'm not going to listen. It is, to man. Hey, they changed Merida's dress and they canceled Star Wars games, so they're evil. I'm, I'm not listening to your 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 reality that you you, you talk about. <laughs> you can't burst this. I don't, this I don't like I don't like it when you put <laughs> facts and figures. I do everything through conjecture and opinion. So hey, why let facts get in the way of a good rant? Right? Exactly. That's not what the internet was built on. The internet wasn't built on facts. It's all built on rumors and speculations. So thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, um, for your submission. Oh, Rodimus76 comes back, and oh, this is more stuff for, for, for the geek culture to get pissed off of. And this is coming from the geek tyrant again. You can see the first look of Megan Fox as April O'Neil in Ninja Turtles, Space Turtles from Outer Space. Tonight I dine on turtle soup. I mean, whatever that movie's going to be called. Hey, hey, hey uh, I got a question. Uh, since you've mentioned Geek Tyrant twice in the span of five minutes, are they like the new site you're going to destroy? Probably. <laughs> Probably. It's in the trajectory. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Rodimus seventy six realizes what he's doing. So if this is if this is his own website or he has any stake in it or he wants to see this, he might want to he might want to reduce some of this. But yes, there's just pictures of her in jeans and and a, and a hoodie and stuff like that. So Ooh. yeah, she's still hot. She can't act for shit, but she's still pretty hot. So yeah, well, they, Will Arnett's in this too, man. He plays um potentially is playing Vernon, her um her cameraman, that uppity asshole from the cartoon. So that's why he's on my case about the turtles if you don't think you can handle it don't sweat it vernon if i had to i'd do an interview with bigfoot if you do find out if he's married that's freaking perfect for will arnett man old joe bluth let's go oh come on yeah it it won't help it because millions of childhoods with the millions We'll, we'll die when this movie comes out. So the millions. <laughs> I just, I just want to see Will and it doing bad magic tricks. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. <laughs>
<laughs> Speaking of which, shout outs to him for um, Arrested Development coming back this month on, on Netflix, man. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, don't great. get your hopes up. Hey, man, no, it's already, it's, it's I coming. I, no, I, I'm <laughs> saying don't get your hopes up. It is as good as, sometimes it's hard to recapture that magic. <laughs> so <laughs> You might watch it and say, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. Exactly. <laughs> and then do the chicken dance. Go to the I would go in there caution, cautiously optimistic. That's what the way I would look at it. But thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from the foul sorceress. And this is one of the things. Oh, man, these robots. The goddamn robots, John! I can see them. They're, this is how they're going to get to us. This is coming from Mashable.com. Bell Sorcerer says here, the robots are trying to win our hearts and minds before their terror campaign by making all of my dreams come true. There's going to be commercial drones that deliver beer at festivals and things. Now, this is a great thing, but now this is where they, this is where the robots will make us feel like we can trust them because it's like, hey, go get me a Sam Adams. And the robot comes back, here you go, that'll be four bucks, and you pay him, and, you know, it's like, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, waiting for the, uh, you know, wait for the bartender or something like that. You can just maybe you get your own personal uh, beer, uh, beer providing robot drone. So, yeah, this is this is bad. This is how they're going to get us. And um, between that and the Roomba, we're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the Roomba like easily could be converted into a bug, I think. Cleaning easily. devices of death. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about that. They're saying if this beer drone experiment works, the possibilities could be pizza delivery, uh, Amazon's one day shipping, actually. Yeah. Pizza of doom. Pizza of doom. Maybe ultra express mail drones. And uh, yeah, the FAA is going to be regulating um, the commercial drones uh, in 2015. That's when they're going to start doing that. So a great idea that's just going to lead to the end, the genocide of humanity through robots. Um, <clears throat> so thank you, Mr. Foul Sorceress, for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, Rodimus76 gave us a link to a game theatric trailer for Ender's Game. Uh, uh, the theatric trailer for that, so definitely check that out. I, I know a lot of people are uh, getting a little excited about that game, I, I, or that movie. I mean, um, Chris, uh, I know I know you're probably looking forward to this, aren't you? Uh, the Ender's uh, Game movie. Uh, 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 oh, sorry, Harrison Ford. Are, are you staying up, <laughs> Chris? Training okay. bugs and video games and <laughs> stop the alien invasion or uh, Mr. Ford, have did you even know what Ender's game was before you were offered this part? Space bullshit <laughs> I just gotta say, Mr. Ford, your your portrayal as the old grumpy guy in uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Did, did you have to really get into that part? I mean, how, did, did it take a few hours to actually become that role, being all curmudgeoned and grumpy? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and how do you feel, Mr. Ford, now that you're being compared to um, uh, Clint Eastwood as, you know, when you need a curmudgeon guy, it's just you two guys? <laughs> At least I don't use an empty chair. Oh, the empty chair. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> And I heard that you might be making a reprisal as your iconic character Han Solo in the next Star Wars. Are, 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 you, are, are you getting excited about that? Get a life, nerds. 
Well, thank you, Mr. Ford, uh, for that. And uh, we'll be looking forward to Ender's Game coming out the end of this year. So thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Oh, man. Uh, Mobius Diablo has a link here from uh, the Money money uh, site, money.com site, talking about some of... Um, it's labeled Nintendo's big problem, and it talks about some of their business practices not really working that well with, uh, um, you know, promoting the Wii U. Um, I guess they missed the sales target. They were thinking of getting about four million units sold in the first quarter. They only sold about three point four five, and um, you know, so it's just kind of talking about some of the issues and some of their obstinate um, business practices that they kind of do. So, uh, guys, any any thoughts of this? Um, well, we eventually. See see Nintendo as a subsidiary of Walt Disney World Company? <laughs> or can you never we know. Well, I, I, I just went off on a rant on the newest episode of Chaos Theater, so when that's out, Ooh. check that out. No point so in repeating the same discussion again, so... Yeah, so, so uh, see, see the next episode of Chaos Theater. What episode number is that, Chris? 49. 49. Soul Bro, what about you? you have any... T- any um any thoughts I'm, about this article? I'm just Did glad you, people. Artic- I'm I'm, so, I'm glad there's an article being written about you know the the ridiculous business practices because at this point they they're not willing to adapt or or, or mold themselves to what, how the uh, how the market has changed. You know they are gonna go. You know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna end up failing. I mean, granted they have the worst and best consoles on the market right now, at least selling. So um, you know it's it's kind of a weird position for them to be in, but at, at the same time, man, they. They still look like they're trying to just bash their head against the wall, trying to do what they've always done, and they're they're not adapting. And and, and we're going to see the end of a a company that's so storied that you know, and it's going to be because of their own hand that they don't aren't willing to change the way. So I'm hoping that maybe this article in some way will you know help them realize that you know they're. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm, I'm sure they're going to care what uh, what's on one person writes on, I mean, on a U.S. business site because <laughs> I mean, they know that they know they know video games. Well, yeah, I mean, if it works in Japan, it'll work everywhere else. But I read the article and it raises a lot of good points. And they they really need to get, they really do need to get their shit together. And I'm hoping that they do that before um, it, their their um, their path is irreversible. So who, who knows? Ooh, irreversible path of doom. <laughs> well, thank you, Soul Bro, for your take on Nintendo. Thank you, Mister Mobius Diablo, for your submission. And thank you, Chris, for giving us episode 49 of Chaos Studio. <laughs> Next one here uh, goes to Rodimus Seven. And mark your calendars because this will be one of the greatest dates ever. September 7th, 2013, a day that will live in awesomeness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been released. That is the day that they knew CGI space pirate Captain Harlock movie will be debuting in Japan. I will be doing the dance. I will be doing Solbro, the Solbro dance. I'm excited when he gets it when there's when there's new Capcom DLC for Street Fighter uh, or the new Guilty Gear X that they just announced. Yeah, exactly, the Solbro, the Solbro shake. And if you haven't seen this trailer, man, it looks good. It so. looks gorgeous, man. I've been uh, I've been watching it um, as a part of it. I have a pre-show when I when I do live streams and I show this trailer as part of the pre-show now. So um, every time I see it, man, I get hyped to, to want to see the full-on movie, man. I can't wait to. Uh, it's, uh, it's, caused, it's caused me to go into uh, Mesomoto, um, uh going back and watching some of that stuff because I just recently finished a, uh, and I hadn't seen it in a while. Queen Esmeralda's, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about just starting to go going through Harlock again. So, Chris, your thoughts? Have you seen this trailer? No, I haven't. Oh, you should check it out. 
looks pretty good. It looks really good, and it, it, it's it's pretty gorgeous in the budget. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's Pixar level, but it's it's pretty close. Um, the way what they managed to capture for it. So I I'd, I'd have to say uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the finished product. Well, thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for making my day even brighter after, especially after that earlier um, article about not from you, but I forget. I think it was the foul sorceress about those beer delivering killer robots. <laughs> All I can see is they're chopping off their head as they're spraying beer on you, kind of like a, a robotic uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So <laughs> what are you going to do? Thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Oh, the next one here is actually from Tochiro. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. This comes from Macross World. Uh-oh, Arbiter. You got somebody that's going off of Macross World. What are you going to do? There's, uh, there's, there's going to be um, at the uh, Macross the Museum, there's going to be a 1-1 VFS, a VF1S cockpit plan is going to be one of the displays there. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's going to, they're going to, um, the Osamu Tezuka Manga Museum in the Hagayo Prefecture will host Macross the Museum starting June 28th. And they're going to have a lot of stuff that they had from last year's exhibits and from last year's uh, museum. And they also have the Minmay photo album. And the centerpiece is going to be this large-scale cockpit. So um, that'll be pretty cool. Hopefully, we'll be getting some pictures of that. Maybe um, maybe if some listeners either live in Japan or are fortunate enough to be there during this time while this is going on, maybe they can uh, get a picture of it. I wonder if you'll be able to... Uh, sit in it and get your picture taken. That would be a, a good money-making idea. So uh, um, thank you, Mr. Tochiro, for your submission. Oh, man, Rodimus76. Uh, you, you made me happy. Now you made me scared again. It's um, the, uh, Bill, Ben Kingsley and uh, Jillian Anderson are going to be in a new movie about robot apocalypse. It's going to be called Our Robot Overlords. It's a, it's a, UK, it's a UK sci-fi film. And this just is, yeah, it's, it's going to be bad. It's got a, it, so we'll, uh, we'll definitely see what happens here. I, I'm not expecting great things because it's only got a budget of $21 million. But Ooh. if it's UK money, then it'll be, uh, if it's pounds, it'll probably be about 30, $32 million, So might as well but, be, For a sci-fi movie, that might as well be an independent, in, an independent film. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, at least it's, uh, I'm sure it'll be a lot better than Atlantic Rim. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> Atlantic Rim? What? Yeah, those people that um, those people that give you all those bad sci-fi movies where it's like a take on, you know, like Transmorphers and stuff. Yeah. They've done Atlantic Rim. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. So uh, thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Ooh, Mr. Pashido, he's happy because it's coming that um, the new that new Star Wars movie. It's going to be returning to production in the UK, so uh, they're going to be they're, they're going to be doing all that, just like the six previous live action movies did. <laughs> so it's going to be out of control then. <laughs> I think I think he's uh, I think he just wanted to put some um, Star Wars news in there. That's just not you know the normal trolling that everybody's doing with all this. So thank you, Mister Pashido, for your submission. Next one here comes from Vet Noir and the. The Shout Factory has added some uh, Lazy Mezumoto, um shows on its streaming ability. It's uh, Star Zinger and Space Gateers are going to be available now. They're going to be the compilation on DVD. So if you still have a DVD player, you can you can <laughs> you can order DVD this. DVD player, thing. what's that? Yeah, this is this. Where's the tracking? <laughs> 
Where's the movie reel go inside? <laughs> yeah, the uh, Shout Factory is also releasing uh, the Guy King movie collection on May 21st. Yeah, I mean, these uh, the Star Singer movie collection is only 19 bucks, and it's going to be released on August 20th. So, yeah. Some good stuff. So getting some of the classics. You're going to be able to um, watch some of these classic shows for once. That, that's, that's some good stuff. Really cool. Yeah, exactly. So uh, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir. The next one here comes from Rodimus76, and he's just got a link to the trailer for the first installment of the new Ghost in the Shell series. Chris, have you seen this? I have seen this. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Tell it us. Tell no us. And, it has no hot and soul. Tell us. Tell <laughs> us how <laughs> Professor Bato would do. <laughs> well, Pro- Professor Bato would require you to read twenty books and write a uh, PhD on existential philosophy. Okay. All right. But that no. So I, you've seen it. Um, excited. Yay. Yes. Nay. Yes. Yes. Very. Very. Yay. Soul bro dancing. A little bit of the soul bro dance when you saw. <laughs> I don't do the soul bro dance. Oh, no. <laughs> the soul bro dance of joy. <laughs> no. Soul bro, what about you? Have you have you had a chance to uh, look at this? I haven't seen it. Um, oh. I didn't even know the trailer was out. I, last trailer I saw was uh, the one for uh, Cyborg Zero Zero Nine, which looks really cool. Um, yeah, unfortunately they don't they don't put the trailers on Netflix and Hulu. Oh, oh boy! Oh, man. oh boy! Oh. You 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 jokers! Another <laughs> straight comedians, you guys. Yep, that's what I do. <laughs> Next one. Uh, at, well, thanks, Mr. Rodimus76, for that. And I, I saw the trailer, and I'm excited. I mean, you know, anytime, you know, anytime that Ghost in the Shell is involved, it's always, you know, it's, it, it always looks like it's going to be a, a, an interesting and, and, and good good series. So uh, next one here is actually from Rodimus76, too, and he's got the link to the article. I'm talking about how ABC has ordered an entire series of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What does S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for, Agent Ward? Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. And what does that mean to you? I mean, someone really wanted our initials to spell out S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm clearance level six. I know that Agent Coulson was killed in action before the battle in New York. Welcome to level seven. So I'm thinking they're thinking it's going to be okay. They'll probably do well in the ratings. I know that there's some trailers out of the Agent yep. of S.H.I.E.L.D. You guys, have you seen them? I, I've seen them. Um, I know it's going to be airing on Tuesday nights um, when the fall when the fall season starts. And trailers don't look half bad. Uh, I, if anything, I, I'm still waiting for the explanation how Coulson is back. But uh, if, if anything, I'm sure they'll explain that in the pilot episode. Well, the explanation you need. He, he went to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and he was pronounced dead. No, 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 no. Here's how it goes. Okay. Fury lied. Coulson didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> that explains everything. Well, yeah, because remember when uh, Maria Hill's like, he didn't have those cards on him. So it's like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, so you're saying that uh, Nick Fury wouldn't lie to the Avengers to kind of stage something just to get <laughs> them to do what he wants. <laughs> yeah. To just kind of control them. So. <laughs> You raise a good point. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is an unusual move. Uh, it's saying here the ABC Network took the unusual move to officially order an entire series of Marvel's Agent of, Seer- Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. series. I don't think so. it's so unusual when they looked at, uh, you know, Box Office Mojo and saw <laughs> 1.5 billion The Avengers, 1 hey. billion Iron Man. Just just like uh, just like Rhodey talked about in Iron Man 3. They t- went to the focus groups, you know? Yeah, they went to the focus groups. <laughs> they went to the focus 
you know, it's like, oh, hey, we, we, we looked at this. W- w- would you would you watch this? And, p- and 90 percent of the people out there said, yes, if it's anything related to the Avengers, we're going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, like um, like Solbro said, a, uh, Agent Coulson is going to be returning and he's going to be the lead. There's going to be a uh, team that's going to be consisting of uh, Agent Grant Ward, Melinda May, uh, Leo Fitz and Gemma Simmons. And they're going to be uh, joined by a civilian new recruit computer hacker, Sky. So it's um, looking it's going to be some good stuff there. So definitely uh, get your get your DVRs going on that one, right, Solbro? <laughs> definitely check that out. Already set. <laughs> yeah, already set. Thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission there. Next one here comes from Event Noir, and he says, quite frankly, the vacants are coming. You heard about that, those applications, or they were asking to see if people wanted to go to Mars on like a one-way trip. Well, I guess like seventy-eight thousand people <laughs> said they would go and do it because <laughs> you'd get sent, you'd get sent to Mars, and you're pretty much expected that you're going to die there, either either on the way or just uh, die of old age on Mars. So, yeah, seventy-eight thousand people out yeah, of uh, how many people any, in the world? Any of them named Easel Kent? <laughs> see, it doesn't doesn't have um you need to see I that don't... passenger manifesto yeah <laughs> it doesn't have the passenger manifesto yet yeah but 78 people responded to the call out that they they did for this i saw um buzz aldrin on the nerdist uh tv show talking about this actually he was uh, talking about the fact that if uh we're going to do anything to colonize mars it's going to be a permanent type of arrangement and that there needs to be volunteers who are willing to take that one-way trip um, it, they don't to pretty much not expect to come back to Earth for at least 50 years, which I don't think a lot of them would survive that long. But um, yeah, if they're gonna gonna go to the Mars, it's definitely gonna be a permanent situation. So. Are, are we gonna start uh, derisively calling them Enders, and then they secretly build awesome uh, penis-sized robots, penis-shaped robots to destroy us? There you go, man. You're on the, you're on the right path. <laughs> well, they're talk about there's a daily routine that they're gonna have. Yeah, so you're going to be basically doing construction work the whole time there. So it almost sounds like um, slave labor. <laughs> slave so, labor for the Federation. Slave labor for the Federation, exactly. <laughs> or um, what was it? What, oh God, what was what was those? Um, what was that cartoon? I'm drawing a blank now. That '80s cartoon where those those genetically engineered people they revolted. You mean Exo Squad from the Exo '90s? Squad. Yeah, Exo Squad. Yeah, from the '90s. Sorry. So yeah, we'll have to check that manifesto though. If if you did, like you said, if there's anybody from uh, named Easel Cant there, so and anybody with the name Gallant also trouble. Yes, that too. <laughs> so thank you, Mister Vent Noir, for that. And um, next one here comes from Rodimus seventy six, and he's just got a link for the trailers for uh, Agents of Shield. So definitely uh, check that out. Next one here comes from Wielder, and it looks like Right Stuff and Sunrise are going to be continuing are going to team up to continue releasing the Unicorn Gundam Unicorn on D, uh, DVD this this August. So they have a um, they have a link here to the press release. So um, yeah, they're, you're at least going to be able to get it in DVD. So it doesn't say anything about Blu-ray. So I wonder. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I wonder. I wonder who's taking over that, or is that still directly coming from Sunrise, Chris? Still, you know? still Sunrise. I don't okay. see them wanting to uh, give put up those that. DVDs at, at any cheaper price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're the only place for it. So seventy-five dollars for this uh, Blu-ray with nothing Ooh, on. It. So thank you, Mr. Wielder, for your submission. Rodimus 76 here has a um, another article here, I guess. Uh, 
<laughs> There's a mu- there is a giant RoboCop statue in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> it, they've been talking about it for quite some time, but yeah, to I see guess it's they, actually being made is really awesome. Yeah, they, I guess in back in February of 2011, there was a Kickstarter that was started to build a giant RoboCop statue. Well, yeah, if you go to the, his link here on the Geek Logie, they uh, actually have it. it. Looks you need some paint, but um, yeah, it's RoboCop. So or Admiral RoboCop, as he is in uh, Star Trek Into Dumbness. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, pretty pre- pretty good-looking statue there. So, um, you know, hey. Um, and from what I heard is, I think Detroit is going bankrupt. So, I mean, I guess I guess some large corporation will come in and bail them out. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for that. And... Uh, the next one here comes from Hunter Slasher 13, and he's just got the, uh, he's got a link to Crunchyroll. I guess the dub cast for Erika 7 AO has been announced. So, um, yeah, let's see what we have here. Let's see if there's any names of people that we recognize or people that we've even talked to. Um, I don't think so. I don't, do you guys know any of these people? A lot of these people look like uh, former employees, of, or former regulars of ADV dubs. Oh, uh, Mo- Monica Rial, John Swayze, who worked on um, he worked on Dunbine. Um, I, I recognize the name Tom, Todd Habercorn too. I think he had something to do with Dunbine as well. But Monica Rial, she's uh, she's been pretty prolific in voice acting, at least in the Texas uh, voice acting circles. Uh, some of the other names I don't recognize, but it looks like they're doing it. Um, that's what they're primarily pulling from when it comes to their talent pool. Oh, okay, cool, Chris. Any pulling any... on over to the to the Funimation? Oh yeah, well, true. I mean, that would make most sense. <laughs> since it's Funi, since it's, since it's Funimation that's doing it. <laughs> That, that that would make um, sense that they would be pulling from the Texas talent pool, but um, yeah, those are names I recognize right off the bat. Christopher Bevins too. Um, oh yeah, I, um, well I don't know if th- if you were going to mention this, but uh, I I didn't know that they even had the license for Michiko to Hatchin, which is uh, a really cool TV show that's uh, produced by uh, Watanabe. Yeah, it's it's music driven and um, really cool show. I've watched at least some episodes of that in Japanese, and I see they announced the, the cast for that too. I soul broke it up. I'm sorry. I just I just I had to nerd out. <laughs> No, I, I, I wasn't really planning on mentioning it, but that's that's fine. Um, but yeah, so cool. Well, thank you, Mister Hunter Slasher Thirteen, for your submission. Uh, Rodimus Seventy Six, you, you're knocking it out of the park. There's the new Pacific Rim trailer. He's got the link. You need to see it because that movie is going to be effing awesome. Today, at the edge of our hope, at the end of our time, we have chosen to believe in each other. Today we face the monsters that are at our door. Today we are canceling the apocalypse. So, guys, have you seen that new one? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I, I saw. Okay, I saw the the end shot there of the Jaeger using like the the cargo tanker as like yes. a bat to beat up a kaiju. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> yeah, with it, with with as it's walking down that street and it's just dragging it. Behind it, oh yeah, sweet. Also, swinging like, swinging like he's in Koshian Stadium. <laughs> I, I got some supplemental news. What's that? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, there's a trailer for this that I just can't bring myself to watch because it just sounds so dumb. So you guys know the Asylum, right? And they're knockbusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's Rodimus Seventy Six has got this. That's his next thing here. But go ahead, Chris. You're Co- coming July 9th to home mm-hmm. video near you, or preferably far from you, mm-hmm. Atlantic Rim. Yes. Yep. Yep, Atlantic Rim, man. Are these M-Bot pilots ready? 
Gearing up as we speak. This is an eclipse dive. Commencing launch sequences. Let go. Bots are down. I've seen the trailer, and it is as awful as you could even think it would be. I need oh to see Oh, my this. God. It is just How bad. Oh, dude. It, is it, it looks, dudes in suits? No. It's oh. just bad CGI. Oh. And, oh, my God. It is like it makes Babylon 5 look high tech. I mean, it's well, just there, that There's a trailer. On YouTube, mm-hmm. if you dare to watch it, and according to Wikipedia, it was shot in old Pensacola. Oh, really? Oh, get out of here! Yes. <laughs> well, you you want to hear the plot summary? This is it. When giant monsters crawl out of the Atlantic Ocean and attack the eastern seaboard, the U.S. government is forced to trust AI robots to defend the country. So, <laughs> well, wow. I, I'll, I'll I'll up the ante with Wikipedia's description, which says. Oh, okay. When monsters suddenly appear from the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, a special team pilots giant robots to combat the new threat. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, yeah, you, you got it. <laughs> it's so bad. It this is, is so bad. Yeah, it's bad. Are you watching right now? Oh, my God. I'm looking it's... at this and it is just trash. <laughs> wow. Wow, man. I, 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 the, 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 the links they'll take. To just shit on a good movie <laughs> just by making a, 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 a terrible replication. But you know, the fact that they keep making this garbage is because it works. Because clearly some idiot is walking up to the DVD shelf at Walmart and is like, Hey, my Atlantic remake, that, that new fancy robot with the movies and the robots and the fires and the explosions. <laughs> yes, yeah, they, $5. They, they do it off those people and moms and dads that don't want to take and, their kids and, to the movie. And cheap grandparents who don't know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> That's their whole marketing. That's their whole market. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's bad, man. <laughs> I just think it's so clever. The title's like, oh, Atlantic Rim. Mm, as opposed to Pacific Rim. Yeah. So clever. Who, who would have thought? I honestly don't know what's worse, man. The Asylums movies or Tyler Perry movies? <laughs> <laughs> they come from the I don't same know. place. I, you know, man. I saw uh, on Netflix they had, they had, at least for a while, I don't know if they still do, they had Transmorphers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was tempted just to start it up for the first like five minutes just to see how bad it is. And I said, you know what? No, nothing's, worse that, nothing's worth that much self-inflicted pain. Man, that, that, or, or, or the danger that it might you might actually just be like this is so bad but you keep watching it because it's yeah that was, that's what i was afraid of the proverbial train wreck <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when i and doesn't transmorphers star a certain captain sheridan sadly it does wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so, uh, I, I, I think watching one of those movies would make for a great live stream, but I don't know if I could stomach that. <laughs> you know no. what? I, I think I'd rather do a live stream of The Room than do that. Damn. <laughs> the Room. Oh, that's just, that is too much. <laughs> if that's the case, then <laughs> I know where I stand on these movies. <laughs> yeah. And it's nowhere close to them. <laughs> It is nowhere close. But thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for that. And thank you, Chris, for supplemental news. And uh, <laughs> uh, the last one here is comes from RobotLizard222. And he says here... Is that a trustworthy person? I don't know. Not And he's, his icon is weird because it is a robotic lizard. So, um, no, he's not very trustworthy. But... Um, <clears throat> 
He goes, remember that partnership between Sunrise, Toei, and Aplex a while back to make an anime streaming site? Mm-hmm. Well, it seems it just got the air up our skirts. And they're talking about the uh, Daisuke.net. So he says, here, you, you go in there and you get the first five episodes of Seed HD and a Zeta dub. And uh, yeah, so guys, have you have you checked this out? Have you checked out this new website? I have indeed. Oh, yes. And uh, and, and as they're out there, dear Gundam listener, pay attention on this mm-hmm. in the future, the very near future. The very near future, somewhat, yeah, in the future. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess we'll leave it at that. So thank you, <laughs> Mr. Robo Lizard 222 for your submission. And thank you, everyone, for your submissions to the Neos Listener Submitted News articles. Um, and always go to that, uh, go to the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk thread to post your articles. And um, before we go into our first topic, and first and only topic today, uh, is there any hopes and dreams that need dashing today, Sobro? <laughs> You Why don't you just throw me at least one? Because I'm I'm feeling a little, oh, little oh, you, out of you, sorts. You feel yeah, peckish, man? He, he, yeah, he, he, oh, oh, yeah. Give him a good one, Solbro. Give him a good one that you know that's going to be given a lot of. You'll get the that visceral. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, we we got to maintain that uh, grumpy cat sponsorship as part of our agreement. So exactly. I, I have to crush something. All right. Well, let's see here. Um, and thank you guys for uh, submitting to the Whole Person Dreamers Corner. If you are looking for, uh, if you're looking, you're looking for, for pain, yours, if you're looking for pain, <laughs> or to have your hopes and dreams tried, <laughs> head on over to uh, mechatalk.net, click on the Gundam form, and you will find that the uh, the thread for that is there, and you can submit your hope and dream. Uh, let's see here. I hope I don't skip anybody, but uh, let's see. I'll just go ahead and go to the one I believe I left off on, which is uh, Jinti Mudon uh, 31, and uh, they write, uh, he writes, uh, I mentioned this one on Facebook a day or two ago, but I'll mention it here now. Common writer Decade travels to all the Gundam universe. Quoting Narutaki from Decade, Honore Decado. Well, I have no idea what that means. Any of it. It means damn you, <laughs> damn you, decade. Damn you, decade? Well, nice. Or nice. curse you, decade. It's, some, it's, it's a curse. Nice. Well, uh, I mean, they've been crossing over uh, in, in games anyway. Uh, Gundam and some, um, so was a Tokusatsu type stuff. I think in Superhero Wars or whatever that series caused, there's some kind of series of games out in Japan where they've been crossing them over. So, I mean, you, you do you do get at least a, a taste of that with a, a little bit of crossover between Gundam and, and possibly Kamen Rider Decade. But So what, what's the point of this hope so I can crush it? What, what does he want? He wants to see, uh, he wants to see um, Kamen Rider Decade traveling to all the different Gundam universes to have uh, interactions between between the characters and whatnot, I guess that's the point. <laughs> so, so a guy, a guy in in like a robot bug suit with a motorcycle is going to cross over into universe with fifty uh, foot tall robots. Pretty much. <laughs> make of it what you will. <laughs> Does it make sense? Many crossovers don't. <laughs> but uh, I do like crossovers, and if they're well enough written, I I, I can't I can't uh, write off the 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 possibility of this happening. But um, if anything, I, I I'll, I'll write wish. it off. I'll write it off. <laughs> there you so go. you got Chris. Well, um, thank you very much, uh, Genty Mudon uh, thirty one. And uh, next submission is from Orion's Gambit, and uh, Orion's Gambit writes: With Mobile Suit Gun of the Origin manga being re released in the U.S. and an anime adaptation having been greenlit. My hope and dream is that one, Bandai slash Sunrise. <laughs> I can see where this is going. Come on, give it to me. Give it to re- me. Just. Remake the entire original trilogy. 
Uh, Origin followed by some Zeta remake and Double Zeta CCA remake. <laughs> and that too, if remade, they are kept as dark slash geek Greek tragedy as the originals and not dumbed down to happy go feely slash war is bad as we've seen over the last decade man <laughs> well um i i think it's a good thing that uh that there's a possibility that origin will be animated um i i don't know if it's going to go further than that because if it if it was then we would have gotten we would have received a uh a manga adaptation of uh zeta that would be reimagining that and i don't think that's coming well if it, if uh it is coming that would be something but there 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 you are um mm-hmm. get again so bro because there is a currently running zeta manga adaptation with changes here and there called zeta gundam define oh wow is is it being done by um Yazu, yazuhiko no oh well damn <laughs> But but there is but there is you know it is a, somebody's different take mm-hmm. of the original show so well damn mm-hmm. I, I, if anything then I sit corrected <clears throat> but um yeah maybe maybe that is possible then I, like I said I can't. sure unicorns are also possible too <laughs> <laughs> and, and magical pixies with some genetic manipulation I suppose so <laughs> but uh, what, what 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 were your what were your thoughts on this Chris. Why does everyone and I this is you know my tired refrain from as long as I've been on this podcast mm. why does everyone think that one little tiny bit of Gundam news is a precursor to massive US revivals or massive remakes of all of this and all of that it's like where does why do how do you get from A to Z on this <laughs> I don't understand this how people make this massive jump based on no information of just really these dreams that have no basis in reality, no founding whatsoever of, hey, let's have all of this remade, and let's redo this, and let's redo that, and it'll be big in America, and we'll release all this stuff on DVD, and right stuff is the savior of Gundam, and blah, blah, blah. We all have our hopes and desires, but for God's sakes, people, and this is, I guess, the Mark II of my previous rant that pissed off so many people, thankfully. (laughs) Have some freaking reality injected into these desires, because these desires are so far out there that have no chance in hell of happening that you're just setting yourself up for even more disappointment when the crazy things you were hoping would happen do not happen. Well, the, it's like we said, though, Chris, the Internet was not built on it was not built on facts. It was built on, you know, everybody's hopes and dreams. So <laughs> that's 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 exactly what it is. I mean, and for whatever reason, everybody feels that all of this stuff is not a business. I mean, in the end, all you know, all these video game companies, these anime companies, they're all out to make money. I mean, you, you, you can debate what you want when it comes to, you know, doing stories and stuff like that. But in the end, the end product is they got to make money because they got to make money for themselves or shareholders and everything like that. So, you know, if these aren't working, if it didn't work before and it's, you know, they're going to try the same thing. Why, why would they why would they do and this? On top I of mean, that, does everything need to be remade? What's what's wrong? Uh, with, yes. What's wrong with Zeta or Shars Counterattack? Why why do we need to remake them? You you can't watch you can't watch them or is, is the animation too bad? Is it too old for people's liking? I mean, what why does every single damn thing need to be touched up and remade now? Can't anything just be enjoyed for what it was, even if it's kind of old? Maybe yeah. people were burned so badly by age. And then they want to go back to the well. No, the the, the answer is you, you do something new that's not bad. That's yeah. not the answer is not go remake stuff that doesn't need to be remade. Well, Chris, that's too difficult, bro. <laughs> yes. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the easy way out. I mean, and that and that's the current trend that we we have with uh, movies and everything. Everything's got to be remade. We, we got to remake that. I mean, for God's sakes, they, they, you know, some of the, some of these things they're they're remaking. They're, they're not even like 10 years old. You know, we, we've seen movies that have been remade. Yeah, of course, grandly, there was something, you know, some reasons to do this. Mm-hmm. But this whole thing that we have to remake every like old good movie, like somehow because it was the movie that was done in 1970, it was a great movie. If we remake it with today's technology, that'll make it even better. Well, there's a lot more than just when it comes to doing a good movie than just the technology of um, you know special effects and stuff like that. There's something called writing and acting and yeah. things like that. So I don't mind remakes as long as they're inspired. But when they come out, you know, at machine gun, you know, uh, you know, at a machine gun rate, then you know that's when it becomes a problem when people start doing that ad nauseum. Um, you know, then it leaves no room for any kind of real innovation in and creating a brand new story and people start to rest on those laurels instead of actually putting out something new so i applaud our origin uh with the potential of it being adapted because it itself is is inspired it came 25 years after the um original product and um you know it was a su- successful run in print so adapting that in animation i think is a really good idea but does it pave the way for um for 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 other 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 remastered things i i honestly couldn't tell you um i would like to see the same kind of inspiration brought to that but i would like to see some time pass before that even happens just like um 25 years had to go by before we got a a new version of mobile suit gundam so um who knows what'll happen (laughs) it's ridiculous but um thank you very much for that submission or orion's gambit and um last but not least why not end it on a, a gundam regular our favorite criminal or one of our favorite criminals from the from the land of down under Mula Flaga. And he writes. Was he why uh commuting for his sentence? Yeah. <laughs> wants wants more yard time. <laughs> he's always he's Does he does he on. want an extra pudding with uh dinner? Oh <laughs> he's always on uh <laughs> he's always on watch, man, and put in isolation. <laughs> But uh, he writes, I have a special hope and dream to submit, and Chris will enjoy this one. Or will he? All right. Whether he decides to crush it or not is up to him. Please read the spoiler tags to find out what it is. Okay, I'll read them. Here we go. Brace yourself. They're making this too difficult. I hope for Emperor Palpatine. Oh, freaking. He makes everything difficult. Especially when I I live stream or if he asks me for something and doesn't tell me what he wants to ask me for and he waits for me to respond to that asking. I'm not going to. If you want to ask me something, um, Mulafaga, please just ask me straight up. Don't give me a bait question ever. Do not bait question me. I will not respond. Oh, there you go. <laughs> just damn. ask the damn question. Oh man, please I, I, set off I, a nerve I, here. I say yeah. that to anyone. People, people do this to me all the time. No, so I, go, it, I, I agree. I, yeah. I, I am not. Many people do it. Just yeah. ask me the damn question. Don't just, ask me to ask me a question. Yeah, don't, don't ask me a, a lead question unless you're talking to me in person. Then okay, because we can just get to the point. But don't wait for me to respond to your bait question before you ask me the bait, the actual question. Please, that's just a pet peeve of mine. Um, going into his spoiler, he writes, I hope for Emperor Palpatine and Dennis to return to Gundam sometime, or at least drop in for a visit. Now, he points out he had to edit this later. Well, part of this happened on episode 112, actually. So, um, I don't remember which one it was. Maybe it was Emperor Palpatine. No, it was Dennis. That's right. It was Dennis that came back for about five seconds on episode 112. But, uh... Oh, he, he did? Yeah, he did for at least a brief moment. Then he broke the hell out. <laughs> So Chris, man, any any hope we'll ever get to see these guys again? I don't I don't want those guys hanging around. There you go. I would lock my door. 
Yeah, Pal- Palp- isn't Palpatine in the Hague? Like he's in jail at the Hague, right? Yeah, he's in jail. He's, he's on war crimes charges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe one of these years. Maybe he'll break out and cause more riots and and come back to the show for a spell. We never know. We never know. But Unless I'm being in prison is part of his clever plan. <laughs> <laughs> he's he a crafty, crafty one, that guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. Indeed, he had those Jedi's fooled. <laughs> Including Yoda, which I don't understand. There's, but, um, there's a great disturbance in the forest. Who is this Sith Lord? Hello there, Master Yoda. <laughs> Ignore that shady old guy standing in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> who's, got a un, who's got an unhealthy attraction to Anakin. <laughs> and talks like a real creep. Yeah. <laughs> Him and his midichlorians. But um, thank you, everybody, including Mula Flaga, for submitting to the uh, Hopers and Dreamers Corner. And we'll have some more next time. I turn the mic back over to Neo. Oh, man. Hopers and Dreamers. All right. Well, uh, and, and also with the special bonus of the Soul Bro Nerve. <laughs> that was that was rubbed the wrong way. It's like, so you, you got a little bit extra there. You got, you got Chris... The dashing hopes and dreams and soul pro going a little. <laughs> I don't mean to be harsh. It's, it's just it's just something that just doesn't make sense to me. It's like if you're gonna write me something, then just write with. Okay, okay, want. okay. Yeah, we, we we got anyway. it. All right, I, 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 I stand down. I'm standing we don't, down. Yeah, we don't want you going off again. <laughs> We got it. Okay. Ooh, oh, man. All right, guys. Anything before we go to our first topic and our only topic of this show? No, I'm good. I'm ready. Cool. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. What do the Anime Addicts Anonymous hosts think of My Little Pony? If you're a dude older than 12, (laughs) you really should not be watching My Little Pony. And if you are, go eat some chicken wings. Anime. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Smurfette was hot. Addicts. I'm pretty sure I set a few My Little Ponies on fire when when I was a child. Anonymous. No, that's cool. I'm just saying, like, My Little Ponies burn real nice because they're made of plastic. Podcast. Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. Garma Strikes. demand to know what you think you're doing. I was wondering what it is you're fighting for, Mr. Bright. This is not the time to get philosophical on me, Amaro. Stand up this instant. Hey, why don't you leave me alone? If you're so eager to send Gundam into battle again, why not pilot it yourself? What? I'd do it if I could. I don't need a kid to tell me how I should do my job. Yeah, well, I don't see why I have to do something just because I can. Uh. Uh. 
I'm standing out thinking, this nigga really is lost. First of all, you don't slap a man. You shouldn't have hit me. I don't like that tone. You got no right. Not even my own father hit me before. Okay. I mean, even when slapping was fashionable, it, you know, they did it in Paris. The guy would come up, I'm at. I challenge you to a duel. They would have a gunfight after that. You had somebody had to go. Obey my orders. Don't like it? Feel free to hate me. I don't care. Come back here! I'm not finished with you! Gun Welcome back to Gundammit MHQ. This is Chris, and we're jumping into our main topic of this episode, which is a discussion of Gundam The Origin, and specifically the re-release of the first volume by Vertical Inc. So... Just a bit of background on Gundam The Origin. Started up in 2001, and it was written and drawn by Yaz, the character designer from the original series, and Zeta, and Venus Wars, and all these other crazy things, and was picked up pretty soon after by Viz, and they published it for a while in the U.S. and then abandoned it. And it just kept on running in Japan for a good decade, and here we are now. The series has been done in Japan for quite a while, and Vertical has decided to pick up the slack and started re-releasing the series from the beginning. So, what makes the origin special? There's always been comic adaptations of lots of anime, and we have already had an adaptation before the origin called Mobile Suit Gundam 0079 by Kazuhisa Kondo, mm -hmm. which changed things around here and there. So, what does the origin do? Well, it takes a lot of elements, reimagines them for the modern time of the 21st century. It tightens some things around and has some things, you know, sort of make more sense the way you explain them. So, you know, the sort of basic setup, we have the same one-year war, Federation, Zeon, Operation British, yada yada, Side 7. So some of the first notices that some of the first things you notice are different are that the original infiltration team into Side 7 was just three Zakus. Here, it's six Zakus. Mm -hmm. And they go into a... Uh, sort of like secret part of the Side 7 colony that is sort of like a military proving ground for mobile suits and they encounter the RX-78-1 prototype Gundam which has a visor and a cannon on its backpack and then it uh, meets a pretty bad end as it gets sucked out into space so you sort of have pretty much the same basic layout, battle Amuro, dad don't you care yada yada, but even then there's some differences because Amuro is a skilled hacker and he has hacked into his dad's computer while he was away and he's already been reading up 
about the Gundam before any of this ever happens, which is a much more plausible explanation than, you know, the instruction manual just flies by his face and he flips through it for two seconds before jumping into the Gundam. Oh, come on. The owner's guy, you, you, you think t- doing a, a war machine is, uh, you know, that complicated? You know, super prototype war machine? You're, you're, you're kidding yourself there, Chris. <laughs> I know, I'm nuts. So the rest of the attack plays out the same way. Side seven people get killed. The white base crew are getting killed off. So all of the civilians jump in. Bright takes command. They head out. And, of course, they encounter Char. Doesn't go so well. They get to Luna 2. Of course, these guys at Luna 2 are dicks. Before this, they, they fought off, got him, and he did his stupid, oh, I'm going to attack you with an old Zaku 1. That's going to work out just fine. Oh, yeah. And by the end of this volume, volume 1, we've run through the equivalent of the first four issues that Viz had, and we have the atmospheric entry battle and the introduction of Garma. So, Sobro, what are your thoughts on the origin then in the original release and now on this new vertical re-release? Uh, let us continue to relish it. Oh, there we go. I just finished it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. I've, I've read the book pretty much. This is the second time I actually ran through it. Was uh, just this weekend. But um, yeah. Um, wife, initial thoughts on the origin. Um, I know that way back. In the earliest episodes of Gundam, Neo and I actually talked about the origin way back then, and um, I'm still in much as lo- in love with it as I was uh, back then, especially going through the uh, the reprinting from Vertical. Um, I, I, I uh, the big thing about the origin to me is that they modernized it. They uh, added elements that just make common sense. Like they go into more into detail of how the military works. For one, um, I thought that was cool that. Uh, when the Zaku's raided and there was a double the amount of Zaku's that they met more opposition when they got into the construction side of this of of uh, side seven, and um, they they went up against uh, the the gun tank and the gun cannon and of course the prototype Gundam the the O one and to show the the revelation of that and how different it looked um, and the fact that it took out some Zaku's in the process was I I, I think a nice build up to when the rest of the colony gets raided. Um, what else? Uh, the, uh, the, the one of the big differences I like about this too is that uh, Amaro he is he's a little different but still the same Amaro we know. Um, one of the big things that I, I I liked was that he he's a bit more opposing to Bright. You know he he grumbled a lot in the TV show but in the manga he outright defies him <laughs> and challenges Bright almost at every turn at least in the earlier chapters of the story. Um, and a big difference is when uh, they're choosing to to attack Shar and his. Uh, um, and his crew when he's refueling his uh, Musai and um, when um, Bright and the rest of the crew are deciding whether they're going to attack Shar at a very uh, at a very weak point um, Amaro says he's not going to do it because the Gundam's not ready to go out as opposed to the TV show where Amaro was like raring to go he couldn't wait to attack Shar again and, and, and do that so that was a big difference but still kind of true to, to Amaro's character um, on top of that, you, you also see some of the other crew members of the white base actually get a bit more screen time because uh, the white base crew doesn't go out with, uh, with, with Amaro to take on Char when, his ref- when he's refueling with the other Xeon ship. Um, you get to see characters like Job John and, and Hayato and Kai and, uh, and uh, Ryu Jose go out there without Amaro and, and still be successful in what they were doing. And, um, you know, they get a bit more of a spotlight 
But uh, yeah, just just to read this story and to see how it, it fits well even in modern times now and how they changed up a few things to just make more sense and fill in the gaps of logic that uh, the original series didn't have there is 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 pretty refreshing to see in the origin and um, I love the story. Uh, I, Neo, I, I, I'll, I'll pass it back to you, Chris. <laughs> well, uh, Neo, what are your thoughts on the origin, the story? On the story, yeah, it's um, you, you can see that it's got a little bit more of uh, the modernized take. Uh, it's definitely geared towards a um, older audience. Um, you know, we can tell from the original um, Mobile Suit Gundam, definitely was um, you know still had the elements of being a kids show uh, in it, and you know, rightfully so because that's part of the way that it seems that Tamino had to kind of trick everybody to get the funding for it. But um, you know, it's uh, it. it it, it's nice too because they do some things that are kind of out of order, but it works in this. Um, one of the major things is, you know, as the escape from side seven occurs in the television show, when Sela and uh, Fraubo are going out to see if there's anybody else still in the colony, uh, Sela, uh, you know, encounters Shar. And here in the origin, she encounters Char when he makes his incursion at Luna 2. And so, you know, you, you have little things like that that are uh, a lot different. Like you said, um, Armuro is a little bit different around Bright than he was in the TV show. He wasn't as, um, you know, ready to, ready to go. And he wasn't as much as uh, he kind of stands up for himself a little bit more in this one. Yeah. Um, you, you see... Uh, the, the things is, you know, the Federation is a very, it's, it's more military. Um, there's more, um, more of the military is even in the white base, even as, you know, Bright takes over, he still kind of, you know, he still tries to keep a little bit of the order and everything with the, um, you know, that's been ingrained with him for being in the military. You know, you, you have, you have uh, kind of uh, reinterpretation of, the uh, the fight, the escape from side seven, the, the fight in the um, in space when Armro first encounters Shar, and then of course um, you know the the flight down to the to the Earth, um, you know as the, as they leave Luna too. So um, yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. It, it it is the same, you know, it's the same Gundam that you know, basically. Pretty much the same story. If you're looking at the basic story, Zeon wants independence from the Federation. Blah blah blah, yada yada yada. But uh, it's just there's it, it's just kind of kind of like what they did in in the the movie trilogy. You know, they move certain they move certain events to different areas. It makes a little bit more sense. Um, you know, kind of a little bit. It doesn't seem like it did in the TV show that it took forever to leave Side Seven. They kind of um, you know they they got there. There was an attack. They got the hell out. Um, and, and then, of course, the cool thing is that you see that uh, side seven behind the construction era, uh, you know, this construction area, they've set up a whole weapons testing area. And it's actually funny because some I think it's Hayato that comments that, oh, it's just taking so long for them to build this colony. And I, I guess maybe they're maybe the impression is because of the war. So it's taking a little bit longer. But no, I mean, everything's there's stuff built back there but they're just using it as um you know weapons range because you see um of course also in this one uh we see that the 
development of mobile suits by the Federation is at a different point. Um, you know, in the in this range where the RX seventy eight one is doing some testing when the Zaku's make their incursion, you see that the you see the the gun tank and some older models, and it's commented by the the Zeon that there's older models here. So it's it's not like in in the television show like Zeon had these suits. This was the Federation's real first, um, you know, foray into mobile suits was with uh, the the gun tank, the gun cannon, and the Gundam. So we, we, we see that there. But um, yeah, it's 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 a really good take on it. A little bit older take. Um, I know previously when I had seen the uh, the offerings from Viz, read it up to what they had offered at that time. Um, it gets very violent, and it gets violent in this one. I mean, there, there's some there's some scenes of some pretty nasty violence. But as as things progress, you're gonna you're gonna see that more. And um, overall, it, it's uh, pretty enjoyable and uh, a, a cool little take on, uh, on, on a story you know. So, Chris? Well, for me, what definitely jumped out was that um, you had some subtle changes in characters that mm-hmm. well, are seemingly subtle on the surface, but end up working out to you know, change the character more in the long run. For example, the fact that um, Sela's a bit more like cold and calculating mm-hmm. in this version compared to the TV show, which it always seemed a little weird that, you know, you, you find out that she of course is the, the daughter of, of Zeon Daikun and she's Shar's sister. So they both had the same childhood of experiencing this trauma of their dad being assassinated and being raised by Jim Baral and Jim Baral filling Shar's head with thoughts of revenge. Mm-hmm. And despite that, in the anime, Sailor kind of turns out just a little too normal, you yeah. know? Whereas here, she's just a bit more harsh, more in line with the way Char is, which is most evident when her and Frau are searching size 7 for survivors and they encounter these sort of like skeevy looters yep. mm-hmm. who try to attack them. And she pulls out a gun and, you know, scares them off and, you know, leaves them there to die, basically, because then later we hear that all of the oxygen has leaked out of side seven because of the combat damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something Char would have done. Oh yeah. You know, that's true. He, he's, he's that cold to be like, Oh, you're gonna mess with me. Well, you deserve to die. So it's in the bloodline. It, yeah. <laughs> and what it, makes sense, it makes what's... sense for her to be a little bit more like that than just sort of, I wouldn't say happy go lucky, but you know what I mean, and she's a pretty typical character in the TV show, aside from maybe like the brother complex that she has. And, and she's pretty cold for what she says to those guys too. Yeah. You know, when she leaves them there, I mean, she, it sound, you know, all you got to do is just like uh, replace her character, you know, the character drawing with Char and it'd be like, you could see it coming out of him. So, yeah. Also, I like that they had their meeting not so early in the story and that it got pushed back a little bit later. Yep. And you can sort of see his, his surprise at, at her just being there in this uh, Federation military outpost. Um, I also like, as Sobro mentioned, that Amaro's relationship with Bright is much more combative yeah, in this version. Nice. And he's, he's far more assertive and combative. Whereas in the TV show and even the movies, he was just a lot more passive aggressive early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas right. here it's direct defiance. And I, I like that character dynamic of you know, them just getting each other's faces and, <laughs> and arguing like that. Well, they both have to still prove themselves. Bright has yeah. to prove himself as a captain. And, you know, Amaro's saying, well, who's this guy? This guy thinks he's in charge. It's like, I, I know what I'm doing with this suit. Yeah. 
<laughs> we also see, which is something I enjoyed when they're attacking Shar and Gotham, that Bright is starting to let the situation kind of get to his head. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and he gets overconfident. He's like, I'm going to defeat Shar, you know, the well-known Zeon commander, and I'm going to win. And it's something you'd expect, like, because that did happen to Amuro. Mm-hmm. early on that he's like oh i've got the gundam i'll fight Shar. i can take him down and of course he didn't so it's good to see that inexperience and uh arrogance reflected in bright because it's easy to forget that bright is also a junior officer who has no experience yep. and that reinforces that he's a junior officer and has no experience <laughs> plus he's uh you know he's a uh, he's one of the elite from earth and all he's worked is, I think he's on, he, he was on the supply line before yeah. uh, he was on White Base. So, yeah, it's like he's, he's wet behind the ears, too. You know, as much as he, you, we know he's going to become the legendary captain, um, yeah, everybody has their start. So I also like, and it's a small thing, but I really thought that this improved this part of the story a lot, was when you find out that uh, Captain Cassius was the old military school instructor of Joaquin. Yes. Yeah. They had this conversation. He's like, hey, you remember what I wrote in your evaluation that, you know, your your thinking is too narrow and limited and you can't adapt to situations? Well, look at what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> in response to Joaquin being the uber dick about, hey, you guys have the military hardware that's secret and I have to arrest you and meh, meh, meh. No, I don't care about Char being outside. Too by the book. I thought they add to his character by um, talking about the fact that they pulled him out of the reserves. Yeah. Um, yeah. In order to, to do this mission and the fact that he was practically retired and that the, the, the Federation is so stretched for people, they have to pull out their old soldiers. Oh, man, I, that, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, that was a really nice touch, too. So I enjoyed um, those little things because, you know, in the in the TV show, Cassius is barely around to make an impression and then he dies and then in the movies they just dump him at Luna 2 because they only spend like a minute at Luna 2 yeah <laughs> basically just a quick gas stop at Luna 2 in the movies so it was nice to have him fleshed out and be a bit more of a character than just what he was in the anime and, the, and, the, and that discussion that talk that him and uh, Joaquin have is, is it's very interesting because you know he Joaquin it's like he says he says something about it, he's like Cassius is like no you're the admiral you're the superior officer to me but he's still got that you know that teacher student relationship teacher student respect yeah yeah and then you know like you said that whole thing about oh you're so rigid in your thinking that you just don't get the big picture and look what happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> which also flushes out Joaquin a bit more because yeah. in the TV show he's just you know a random bureaucratic asshole and here you find out what's like well you know he's he's a gifted guy but this is a problem that he's had his entire life, it seems, and he still hasn't gotten over it even after all of these years out of the academy. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the perfect it's the perfect uh, you know um, metaphor of a person that's great with books, but they just can't they don't have the common sense, and it you know they have common sense, but they just don't know they just see things so in that world of okay, this is how I read it in the book, and you know that's that and that's that's a big the- that's a big overall message throughout the one year war is you know the people that kind of survive and you know the new types are have a little bit different thinking and these people that are all rigid well we see how they just um you know and and also plays into the fact of general rebel because he was the same way you know he looked at he looked at the bigger picture when all these other guys were like oh it's got to be this way blah 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 so yeah so 
I want to compare now because obviously we have to do this. The original biz release to the recent re-release by Vertical. So, uh, Silver, what are your comments on that original individual issue release that Viz did about uh, 10 or 11 years ago? It was exciting to read back then, um, but I hated the fact that they were so small, you know, volumes. I think they were actually on par or close to how they were released in Japan. So the only, I don't even think the Tonkobons were printed yet in Japan at the time that Viz was um, yeah. releasing Gundam uh, out, out, out here. So they had to release it kind of in a comic book format. Um, the, the, the actual size, not the regular manga size. So, um, we got so little, but I, I luckily, and I, 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 Neil can agree. We got to sit and read them in, uh, in, in bunches. So, you know, it, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. But for those who are actually keeping up with it as it was coming out, it must've been, you know, pulling at their own, pulling their own hair out. <laughs> as it was for me, cause I was it. buying, I was buying an issue every single month. And then, you know, my surprise of after volume 12, when they finish up Rambo Raw, it's like, hey, where's the next origin? Oh, there, there isn't any. Now, I remember hearing that um, part of the reason why the origin manga was created was that they wanted, they were, it was part of their strategy of um, bringing Gundam to Western audiences. Yes. So they wanted to expose uh, the original Gundam series to people who um, hadn't been exposed to Gundam yet or, or didn't want to watch the original animated series. And maybe a way of getting them interested in the Gundam franchise from the beginning was to get them to read the manga. So um, that was one of the reasons why Viz, I guess, partnered up with Gundam Ace or, or the publisher of uh, Gundam The Origin to get him out here so quickly. Um, it's just unfortunate that it came to an end right after the Ramba Raw saga, or right, right as that was reaching its uh, coming to a head. Um, in comparison to the vertical release, though, man, I- I've got to say the vertical release is a love letter to this whole manga series and, and the Gundam in general. Just to finally have a manga that's in hardback. I don't think I've ever read a manga that's hardcover. Ever, I've read uh, many comic books of a hardcover, but never had a manga that was given a hardcover treatment. It has happened before. Um, either Borders or Barnes and Nobles, they were doing like special hardcover runs of some manga, like Helsing and stuff like that, or Fullmetal Alchemist. Seeing those, yeah. And I'm pretty sure some Tezuka stuff has come out hardcover too. Yeah, I've, some. I've, yeah, and Vertical has released stuff in hardcover, but you know they they're not that exactly of a mainstream publisher. So yeah, for mainstream manga, it was very rare to see. Hardcover, but it was sprinkled around here and there. Yeah, it just it's it's such a rarity that um it was just to, to finally own a hardcover manga was it, to me is is and by hard we do mean hard. Yeah, very. Ooh, God, you knock somebody out with this book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's surprisingly heavy too. Yeah. Like, it, it absolutely, it weighs like a pound and some change when I when I hold it in my hand. It's just so uh, it's just so tactile. I I, just, I I I love the feel and look of this book. I can't wait to see a whole shelf filled with every volume of this manga as, as long as they continue to sell well. Um, but yeah, the presentation in this book, uh, one of the things that the Viz manga also had is that it also printed um, certain parts of the manga in color. And I guess that's how it was initially printed in Gundam Ace. So they kept yes. that as well. Um, I, I love but it's fact. a world apart between these two. Yes. Yeah. yes, it's the color pages. Because the, the, all the pages are gloss. So they're, they're, they're covered in a higher stock of paper as opposed to the Viz release, which was just standard, uh, standard, like uh, newspaper uh, almost. Newspaper. So, you know, every page, every page flip, you know, you're, 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 you're really going in. It's like this book costs, it seems to me it would cost more to publish than the actual price of it. <laughs> but, well, um, if, uh, Ed Chavez on vertical on 
both the Twitter and the Tumblr. He's uh, explained when people have asked about uh, the color pages that, yeah, it, uh, it, it increases their cost a lot to have done the color pages, especially on the glossy paper, because, you know, that's that's an expensive printing procedure. But it's worth it because when you compare the two side by side, as I did to my uh, old Viz versions before I donated them to Andres, mm-hmm. the colors just aren't as good on that cheap paper on Viz. They are just so much more alive in the vertical version mm-hmm. and also the black and white pages look yes. a lot better they they just yeah. have a lot more detail in them than you can see compared to the viz version it's just overall a superior printing experience with the vertical volume i've always loved yours as an artist but to see his lines i mean he has the cleanest lines man and to see his just his work immortalized on these pages right here um you know it just makes every 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 panel every every shot pop off the page man um, I just I really appreciate what vertical the work that vertical has done in printing this book and all the love and care they put into it. Even the uh, the afterwards at the end of the book from uh, Ano and uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, I guess a, a manga critic also wrote a, a pretty nice piece at the end of the book. Uh, they were all just a treat to read and to get that extra. Which they didn't have to bother doing. I mean, those were extras that were in the Japanese version. And, you know, they had to go and get permission to get that and then have someone work on translating those. That's all extra work that they didn't have to do, but they did because they wanted it to be a special release for fans. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the fact that they've been over backwards, basically, to put this book out, I really appreciate this and I can't wait to buy more. Uh, they, they pretty much have me as a customer for life at this point <laughs> from the presentation. But I, I, that, that's my overall thoughts on that. All right, so Neo, your thoughts, the Viz versus Vertical. Well, yeah, it's just like you guys stated. It's it's night and day. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't, you know, you can sit there and say, oh, Viz could have did this and that and that. But, you know, it was a different time and whatever. And, and like you had stated, they were trying to get this stuff out quick. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you do stuff, when you have to do it out quick like that, you might have to cut back on certain things. But yeah, when I when I opened up um, my box when I first got uh, got him the origin when it was delivered this volume one, I, I was way surprised. I mean, I was I got to say, you know, I was expecting a better version than what Viz had offered. But to be honest with you, it surpassed my expectations. I did not think. Um, you know, just just like you said, the it's a really hard covered book. I mean, there's, you know, sometimes you can have uh, kind of a cheaper hardcover version that you know after a couple of times it's going to get damaged and start warping or whatever. I don't think this is going to. It's going to take a little bit to to bend the ends on this one. <laughs> and you know, as you're as you're sitting there reading it, you know, you just have the f- you have the feel of the paper, and you know, it's just so good, and you you don't have to worry that oh, I got to be careful turning this page. I mean, of course, you're not going to just sit there and just flip through it really quick, but you don't have to sometimes feel like you're taking like extra care to like oh, if I do this too quickly, it might rip. You know, with like other manga offerings that you have because it's it's a lower quality stock, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll third Chris's and Soul Bros uh, talk about the you know, not only the color sections, but what got me is just the black and white sections because of the way the um, 
the 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 paper and the process they use to put it on there that just look amazing. I mean the detail and you really get us you really get the sense of things and it, it's almost it's almost in a way of I haven't read the the biz versions in a long time, but I kind of equate it to when you get a movie that's been uh, remastered for like Blu-ray or something like that, or sometimes it's almost like re- watching a whole new film because of the the process that they use and you're able to see things that are in there uh, that maybe you didn't that maybe didn't translate as much. So um, yeah, I, I'd have to say I'd ha- I'd have to give a vertical an A plus and the presentation of the book and everything and the fact that you're done with this and you're done with the first four versions of 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 this i mean but what is it by volume three halfway through we'll be past what um this did right by the end of volume three they'll have by, caught event. up okay. to to where this was so volume four at the end of this year will be the first New uh, stuff in the U.S. New stuff that we'll have read in the U.S. officially released. And I believe that's the start of the Shore arc where we find out like his background and stuff like that. So um, I don't know what's up ahead because, if I remember correctly, at the end of uh, the Viz run, they had just done the death of Ramba. So I don't think they had resolved uh, the whole issue with, uh, with Haman. That's yeah. true. So they still have that. And I think it's when they get to Jaburo because they get to Jaburo much sooner. In the origin, it's when they get the job that they start doing the extended flashbacks. I might be wrong on that, so we're in for some pretty extensive changes by the end of this year. Yeah, because that's that's the thing that everybody wants. I, I mean, that was the thing I used to sit there and read about when you know Gundam the Origin was coming out. Is that you? They had that extended like Shar and Sela backstory, and it's just like, oh my god, you just want to see this because you want to see the take that they're doing that you know made Shar into what he is. And, and a lot of backstory about the early parts of the one-year war. That, too, because that, that to me is, you know, they always talk about the one-year war and, and how devastating it was. And, of course, we always know about the Battle of Loom and Operation British, but you, you don't really get the scale of it at times, especially, you know, the, the, the use of not only the colonies, but, you know, they also used, what, biological and, and nuclear weapons. So, I mean, how indiscriminate <laughs> they were about it was just, just crazy. The fact that they hated each other so much, but since they used all these weapons and all these people got killed so quickly, they're like, well, you know, we're going to continue to fight, but we're going to go into negotiations of not using nuclear weapons and colony drops and stuff like that. But we'll still fight. So <laughs> you just want to you just want to get the scale of why it got them to that point where they could they could negotiate on that. but They could negotiate on a peace or uh, giving autonomy to the uh, to the colonies so <laughs> yeah so for me you know th- there is no comparison really between the vis and vertical versions i've already mentioned before the the color the black and white pages is so much better the hardcover binding that really gives it the feel of you know a nice book that you want to have on your shelf to look at in your collection rather than just some cheaply written, cheaply printed manga mm-hmm. the essays that they included in the back now there have been some complaints about this release, many of them from 4chan where Ed Chavez was doing some community engagement and it's probably worth very briefly addressing some of them. Uh, One thing people complained about endlessly and I don't really see why was the cover particularly the box with the title and all the name information being over the RX-78 so that's an aesthetic choice. I mean, I don't know where else you're going to put it and it's not like you don't see that exact same page that that cover is based off of inside the book. Mm-hmm. 
So there is that. A lot of people have had quibbles about the translation. There are a few bits of dialogue here and there that just seem a little rough and maybe just a little bit too literally translated and not smoothed over enough for, you know, flowing better in English. But not to the extent that some people complain and exaggerated that, you know, it sounds like something that was done by some, you know, first-year college student scan later. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if you hear those kind of complaints, then you should know that they are ridiculously um, overdone and over-exaggerated. It's not true. It reads just fine for the most part. There's just a handful of pieces of dialogue that just sound weird. But mm-hmm. that's just a choice of, I guess, vertical wanting to be very literal. Or for all we know, Sunrise you know, making them be very literal because Sunrise probably has approval over translations. Who knows? Either way, if you hear otherwise, it's it's not some horribly uh, written piece of junk the way some people want to make it sound. And interestingly, there were things people complained about as typos or things that were wrong. It turned out to not be wrong, and it was just people complaining and not knowing what they were saying. So big surprise there. People on the internet being wrong about things. <laughs> and, and, and not knowing about what they're talking about? Wow. Hmm. Yeah, go go figure. And if there are typos and what whatnot in this book, I mean that's what first editions are about. <laughs> well, there ain't there ain't gonna be a second edition of this because oh, damn. you know this is a very limited run. Mm-hmm. And Ed Chavez, of course, he made that clear when we had him on the show, and he's made it clear on the internet that uh, you know once those orders get put in, that's it. I mean, he even had tweeted a while back that. Uh, they only had a few copies left at their office. Everything else had gone out to the retailers, so volume one was gone. Good shit. Good if you don't shit. get what's in the retailers, then you're shit out of luck. So if you're listening to this right now and you put it off getting it, put in your orders quick. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said before, when we had him on the show, if you love Gundam, there really is no excuse to not buy these and support the product because it's an excellently made piece of merchandise. It is so cheap on Amazon. You can get these for $20 or less. Mm -hmm. And this is a hardcover book that's something like 440 pages. That's ridiculous. It is. (laughs) Mine mine, mine ended up being like $18 because I have Amazon Prime. Nice. It ended up being like $18. I mean, I I almost felt bad. I feel like I I should like send like $10 more to Vertical or something. Just send them a check in the mail. (laughs) Yeah. So whether you get it on Amazon or Right Stuff or whoever, there's really no excuse to not buy this, especially no excuse about it being too expensive or money because if you're an anime fan and you're complaining about $20 quarterly for a limited edition manga, then you have some other financial issues and shouldn't be collecting anime. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of those are the same people that buy, you know, they'll, they'll buy their uh, monthly anime for, you know, seven, eight bucks, ten dollars at a time every month. Yeah. So. Or if you can drop, if you can drop, uh, like every month, $60 for a new game on the PS3 or the 360, I mean, that one game translates to three volumes of the origin, roughly. That, tell me about it. Uh, these books retail for uh, 30 bucks, pretty much, and you yeah. can buy them online for, you know, sometimes as little. I got volume two for um, a pre-order for, 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 for the origin for less than 15. So, you know, it's like, man, I, you know, if you, if you strike early, you'll be able to get these books for a song. And yeah. I think that's pretty amazing. So, And that game that you want to buy, that brand new shiny $60 game, it'll be around. Yeah. And yeah, you can get it cheaper cool. later on when the price drops. These volumes are, as Vertical points out, limited edition. And, you know, as you have the diminishing returns coming in where people pre-order subsequent volumes with less 
enthusiasm than the first volume, that means that Vertical is going to make a smaller print run. They've said multiple times that they're going to get through and do the entire series, but it's going to be limited quantities after volume one. So this is not something that you want to sit on and wait and say, oh, I can just get it some other time because then it'll be gone. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Um, I know some people like to argue that they're they're not fans of uh, Universal Century Gundam or um, of when you're of the original Gundam series, but it's like, damn. I mean, if you if you're a fan of a good story and uh, a well drawn, well produced, well well published man- manga, I don't I don't see why you could pass this up. Really- well, you, you, you owe it yourself to check out the first volume because the way that this story differentiates from the anime. It might open people's eyes if they're not into, you know, the whole 70s vibe or the old animation or the funky mecha designs that have been smoothed over in this version. So this might correct a lot of the issues people have with the other incarnations of the story. Exactly. It's 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 far it's 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 matured quite a bit too um, when it comes to this the the content of the story and and the things that didn't make sense in the original TV series. You know that 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 um that a lot of that you know all, all the holes that you might have found in Mobile Suit Gundam really get patched up nicely with this manga series. So if you if you didn't like your first exposure to Mobile Suit Gundam, don't let um this book make you think that it's it's the same thing over again. You might actually appreciate this uh, uh Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origin because it's just far more uh, thoughtful. On, on its execution. Yep. Well, uh, anybody have any closing comments before we finish out this segment? No, other than what we said, man, it's a must-buy. I think that people should uh, definitely snatch this book up while it's still around and and get ready for the other ones to come out as well. And I certainly hope that Vertical finds this enough enough of a, a success so that they'll uh, run this through to its uh, inevitable end. Well, they, he just said that they said that they're going to, yeah, it, but it's just that it's just that as the as that, that the mission. That time though. If the second book doesn't sell Jack, then you know that that they might change their mind about that though. So mm. I, I just I, I don't. The book's got to sell as far as I'm concerned, and I hope they do. I, I, I think with them, I, I would probably take uh, Vertical at their word on this unless something really drastic happens. But still, yeah, I mean, it's like Chris said, if you're a fan of Gundam, I don't see why there shouldn't be any reason why you don't own this. Yeah, it's a different take. Is there, is there some, is everything great about it? No, it's not. I mean, you know, there's probably things in the story that might bother you, you know, but that's just the way it is. But overall, you know, for what, from what I've known, my experience is it's been pretty good and if you if you say that you're any fan especially of any universal century gundam you definitely want to check this out to see uh, to see a different take on you know a known story so. yeah, i heard i heard something crazy uh, i remember having an exchange with someone and they said that they didn't like reading manga period and it's and, but they enjoyed gundam and i just said well let this be the first manga you ever buy <laughs> Let this be the first manga you buy then, because if you don't like reading manga but you like Gundam, then there's no reason why you wouldn't like this. You just have to, you know, get accustomed to reading it as opposed to watching anime. So, um, I know I just heard some crazy excuses throughout the, the weeks leading up to this book's release, and I just I think people just need to uh, put up or shut up. Well, well the, I would the, say instead of people having excuses to say no, just find a reason to say yes. Thank you. Because it's uh, it, it seems like it seems like when people have excuses, there's always excuses on how not to buy something or or to get it you know i I don't need to get this because of blah 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 but it's frustrating but who knows guys maybe if it's uber popular there'll be tons of other gundam manga in america (laughs) there goes that hope and dreamer we all know and love (laughs) yeah let's i guess we'll see what the future holds but yeah this is definitely uh worth every cent that you could spend for this even full price 
And with that, we will wrap this segment up. You can expect that we'll be talking about each volume as they come out. So volume two, I believe, is late June. So watch for an update in the near future and our continued thoughts on this manga series. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Shonenno Or we take you out in the alley and we knock it out of you. You needed the money, so you killed her. That's not true, goddammit! I can't believe Game and Morpher gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? Please fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only covered major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop and second opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. In a world where podcasting is king, you are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MAHQ. You've been listening to episode 124, and we just had a single segment episode this time where we finally sit down and review volume one of Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin, the recent version that was printed by uh, Vertical. Definitely go out there and find it while you still can. Hopefully this uh, episode doesn't reach you way too late. Normally we would be doing the mailbag, but we're a little uh, run over on time. So uh, we'll be saving all those great messages and voicemails for the next episode of Gundam at MAHQ. Yeah, no whining. No. <laughs> <laughs> so hold tight, guys. Hold or, if tight. You, or if you whine, the enforcer will get you. Dolo the enforcer. Woo! 
Dolo's he'll been take putting you, in, He'll take you down. Dolo's been putting it's in work. It's a Chinatown. <laughs> He's been putting in work on the MAHQ Facebook group. Make sure you Which check you that should visit. out. You should, you should indeed. Head on over to Facebook.com and look up uh, MAHQ and you'll find the Facebook group and definitely um, become part of the conversation there as well. And um, before we close things out, you guys have any um, any things you got wanted to mention or, or add before we uh, before we close things out? I hate everyone. Oh, sweet. That affirmation still gets me. I... <laughs> I, I think I think the most appropriate title for the new Star Trek movie is Into Dumbness. Oh. So that per, that reviewer that did it, I think we should do an online petition to have them re, rename that movie Star Trek Into Dumbness. And more to come on that. <laughs> or, or maybe <laughs> Into Derpness. Into oh. Derpness? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So more to come on that in the future. Yeah, speaking of which, um, be on the lookout at a, at another podcast that you guys should be definitely checking out, Chaos Theater at uh, chaostheater.blogspot.com. Uh, keep your eyes out because uh, we'll be discussing some uh, some stuff soon on 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 that show, and I um and and I hope you guys uh, uh check that out when that drops. But um also uh this week, if you guys are checking out the episode as it drops um at the time that it drops uh. Neo, myself, and one of the Shinjuku Station regulars, Shoji Ramaro, we're getting together to do a uh, a little a little live commentary on um, two favorite uh, two favorite movies um, by Mecha fans, uh, both Macross related. One of them is Do You Remember Love, and the other one is Macross Plus the Movie. We'll be sitting down and, and doing a uh, a live commentary on those two movies at uh, tinyurl.com/shinstation. If you uh, head over there on Thursday night, the twenty third. Um, you'll be able to see the action and uh, definitely check out that URL for all the details. But uh, definitely check out these websites when you have time. Head on over where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. That's the Mecha and Anime Headquarters. Also, make sure you visit Gundam.net, the official website for the Gundam at MAHQ Podcast, and where you can download and find information on this episode and our entire back catalog. Join in on the conversation at MechaTalk.net. Net, where you can also find official forums for Gundam, where you can submit questions, topics, and reply to anything that we said in this episode. All other links for Gundam at MAHQ can be found at about.me slash Gundam. There you will find links to us on iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, and our other media facets. After listening to Gundam, the next podcast you should be listening to is Chaos Theater, MAHQ's other podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom, hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ himself, Chris Guanche, and everybody's favorite pedal bear of the South, Pedro Cortez. Listen to them at chaostheater.blogspot.com. Shinjuku Station also has a podcast that focuses on fighting games called Fighters Ready, hosted by Gundam's own Solro Ryu and his co-host Nick the Stampede. Fight your way on over to fightersready.net where you can download episodes and join in on the conversation. And that's it for Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. One of the very original ideas that have grown from this movie is the way the two pilots and the computer interact is through what we've come to call the drift. We tried to come up with ways of showing that that was original. In order for the two bodies to be able to act as one, they need to share memories, instincts, or fighting styles and be able to become essentially one. 
You're fused with the machine. And a machine this large, the idea that one person could control the entire machine seems slightly too superhuman. The neural load to interface with the Jaeger proved too much for a single pilot. A two-pilot system was implemented. Left hemisphere, right hemisphere, pilot control. Initiating launch operations. Prepare for neural handshake. Initiating neural handshake. When you strap into the Jaeger, there's a, a preliminary stage where you try to sort of merge your consciousness with the other pilot. When you drift with someone, you create an incredibly poignant connection. Both pilots can see all of each other's memories and all of each other's secrets and information in each other's brains. Every memory, good, bad, everything, they become one. Two pilots engaged in neural bridge. When you are drifting, you go into silence. You don't think and you try to not latch into a memory. You see exactly who they are, you know, that you can't hide at all in the drift. You have to know that the other pilot is gonna know everything about you, good or bad. You have to be prepared to let somebody literally peek into your soul, peek into your head. Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go when we lose in our minds? minds? This is our therapy. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. sheltered one of my citizens. He will look like you, but he is not one of you. To those of you who know of his location, the fate of your planet rests in your hands. To Kal-El, I say this. Surrender within 24 hours, or watch this world suffer the consequences. You will not win. Forever you and you save. We will kill a million more. I won't betray them. You already have. 